Hello and welcome back to the Talao podcast. I don't have my usual crew with me today. He is new to this podcast, Mr. Dale Farrington, and I like to introduce everybody to episode one of my club series, where I go around and interview different foreign friends about their love for the Thai league, as well as get to know them a bit more. Anyways, Dale, how are you doing? Yep, I'm good, thank you. Surviving, it's a nice, nice day here at the moment. So yeah, enjoying it under the circumstances. Obviously, very, very trying times, but we're just going to have to cope, I think. Well, I'm safe here in Chiang Mai. Return almost two months now. Time does fly when you're home and basically stuck in quarantine, but. You know, I've been busy interviewing different players and looking to create more content for you out there. Anyways, let's get to the first questions that I have for you. The first set of questions, I should say. Let's look at Thai football from a, a broad perspective first. How did you get involved? How do you start supporting your club? And I guess when did you first arrive in Thailand? First arrived in Thailand in February 1997. Um, I, I came over to work back then, um, and obviously, I, I, having been a football supporter all my life, one of the first things I did was investigate the local Thai football scene. I was quite disappointed to discover that the the league wasn't that great, and it was all based in Bangkok, and none of the teams were particularly appealing. So I started to go and watch the Thailand national team. The first match I went to was a World Cup qualifier against South Korea. In I think early March '97, and then I tried to get as to as many of the games as I could. That was as, as close as I could get to supporting a particular team. And then I was still playing myself at the time. We used to play friendly matches with my my colleagues, and I used to get the Football Siam magazine. And in the back of there, they'd advertise different tournaments and different matches. And just flicking through it. I just happened to come across the fact that that Chonburi had a team playing in the city, and obviously I was living just down the road, so I, I went to investigate. And after a couple of hours, just riding round on my motorbike, asking various people, none of whom who had the slightest idea that they even had a football team, I just by chance stumbled across the old municipal stadium, and there was a game on. Uh, and that was it. I kind of got talking to a couple of people, and they gave me some information, and it kind of went from there. And that would have been 2002. So for the first couple of years, when they were playing in the pro league, I used to go occasionally because I was, again, I was still playing. So that, you know, if I had a game, I couldn't go and watch. And then I think 2004 was my first full season when I started going to every home game and the occasional away game. And that's been the case ever since. Very pleasing to hear that you came to Thailand and started supporting football before I was even born. That's that's insane oh, to think yeah. about. And that's oh. insane <laughs> to think about. And yeah, you're making me feel old now. No, no, none of those intentions were were meant. Anyways, now a, a little bit of uh, more of a backstory. I want to know. So. You you were in Chunburi, and you know because of your love for the sport of football, you started, you know, finding the local team and started cheering them. At what point did it sort of become your club, and at what point did you feel attached to it, and you started becoming a Chunburi supporter? Um, well, pretty much straight away. Um, 
like I said earlier, it, it was it wasn't that popular. Not many people knew about it, but the, the few people who were actually at the ground were very friendly. They made me welcome at the start. My my Thai wasn't that great back then. Um, so there were one or two people who spoke English and we were able to have conversations. And I guess really when, when things started to pick up must have been 2005 when we were playing at the back at Assumption College in Sirachar, which is literally two minutes from, from where I live. Um, the crowd started to grow and obviously then you got to see the same faces week in, week out and we'd arrange away trips and I think the following season, which was the first season in the, the Premier League, 2006, uh, the fan club started putting on regular regular coach coaches to away games. And again, you know, you, we had a hardcore of about 30, 30 people who went week in, week out. You'd see them at home and obviously they'd all be on the bus going to the away games. So I, I think probably towards the end of 2005, when we were looking at being promoted, winning the, the Pro League, and certainly 2006 was really when, you know, that you, you had that established fan club who, who travel, travel around to watch the team. Yeah, and obviously 2007, you guys won the league. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was, it, it was yeah, it was a strange because our, our first season, we didn't particularly set the world alight. I think we, we drew quite a lot of games. Um, just off the top of my head, I, I think we must have drawn half the number of games and then the rest we sort of won and lost even number. <laughs> um, but 2007, I think we had a really good side, obviously a really good squad. Things came together a lot better. We'd obviously got the experience of having played in the top flight, got a feel for it. Um, and yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's really when things took off. I mean, the, the crowd started in the, the sort of the low hundreds. And by, I mean, by the end of the season, even though there were no official figures that, that they said there were 10,000 at the last game. And I mean, if you look at the pictures and my memories of the night, I would say that's, that was pretty accurate. It was, it was, it was pretty full. And as, as things progressed that season, things got better and better. Um, the atmosphere got better. Um, I mean, what, what, what's hard to explain to people now who, who've only sort of started going recently is that, there was very little interest in Thai football. The atmosphere inside the, the grounds was very flat. I've often compared it to English County League cricket games where you've got a few people scattered around and polite applause had kind of <laughs> ring out every, every so often. And at Chambury, I mean, this, this, I mean it's, it's absolutely true. And I, I saw it firsthand. You know, this, this is where it really started to, to take off, that fan culture. You'd get a big group of people together started singing there was chants and drum playing and so it was really 2007 sort of midway through that season that we saw the seeds of, of what we have now I mean this is obviously it's, it's common now in, in all the grounds but then it was it was rare and lots of people attached themselves to Chambury because obviously we were successful on the field and we had a reputation of, of having the best fans off the field um, and yeah, it was it was a game changer. And I mean, if if you want, I could I can pinpoint it to to an actual game when it all really, when things kind of went to the next level. I mean, I'm I'm happy to do that if you're interested in the story. Yeah, go for it. What what was that uh, life changing or I guess uh, club changing game you you want to talk about? 
Okay, well, there was a home game uh, midway through the season. I think it was Ty Honda we were playing, though. I could be wrong. Um, but like I say, th- things had started to grow. You know, the, the crowds were getting bigger. Uh, they were getting a, a little bit more lively. And during this game, we were losing 2-0, and it started to rain. And where we used to all sit and stand and the, the, the stand at the municipal stadium, we, we were exposed to the elements. So we all moved to the back where there was a little bit more cover. And that feeling of everybody standing together, sheltering under a roof, watching a team play in the rain, it just took me back to watching football in England when I was growing up. That was exactly what it was like. And when we pulled a goal back, obviously then that kind of lifted and it was it was incredible there was this huge change you know and you, you just saw it the, the the and felt it the atmosphere changed the, the way that people were supporting the team changed and we ended up winning the game three two and I'm, I'm sure that wow. the, the fans played their part that day and it was it was a it was a fantastic it was a special moment and like I say that I can kind of pinpoint it to that as the time that that it really changed and it went to the next level. Um, I'll, I'll have to. I'm sure it was it was um, Ty Honda. It might have been Bangkok Bank. I can't. I can't remember. <laughs> but we definitely we definitely came from two nil down to win three two in the rain. <laughs> well, that's no. That's a that's an incredible story. So, yes. Now let's segment to present day a little bit. Chunbri have not won the league title since the year 2007. So I really want to get your perspective on this. Is it the fact that you know the club has not improved or is it more the case of the likes of Meng Tong, Buiram or last season Cheng Rai have overlapped or ran past Chunbri? I think both those come into play really. Um, I mean after, after we won the league obviously we had that that spate I think between 2008 and 2014 we finished second five times we obviously won the cup in 2010 and were runners up in 2014 so it was still quite you know we were still quite a successful club but you're right in what you're saying other clubs have come along and, and the, the examples you cited Buriram and Mung Tong being the obvious ones have come along they're better prepared um, they're willing to invest a little bit more money. They have a lot more backing. They're a lot more professional in their outlook. Um, and I think it, it was inevitable, really. I mean, once once we'd kind of paved the way um, and other clubs saw what, what could be achieved, then, you know, the, the bar had been raised and other other clubs and other chairmen certainly rose to the challenge. Um now, as as regards Chambéry, I, I think the problem is we've we've kind of stagnated a little bit in previous seasons. Um, it's it's hard to put my finger on it, really. I, I think that there, there is a lack of investment. I mean, that they actually came out publicly a few years ago and said that you know the money wasn't available, um, and I, and I think they just seem to be lacking in ideas as well. Um, it's it's been quite frustrating to watch because. From 2014, I think once once Wada went under under Wada in 2014, obviously we finished second in the league, controversially <laughs> runners up in the FA, runners up in the FA Cup. And I think if he'd have been given time, we would have still been, you know, the next couple of seasons we would have still been challenging. But for for whatever reason, 
he went at the end of that season under a bit of a cloud. And they, they've struggled really to, to get back on track. And I think one of, one of the main problems is they don't really seem to know what they want to, what they want to do how they want to go forward. I mean, they made this big deal of saying that, you know, the future is the academy and we're going to promote all the young players. And then the next thing you know, um, Sasson's come in and he's signing all these over 30, over 35 players. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't, I, as, as an older gentleman myself, I don't have a problem with, with uh, older players, but it, it seems very contradictory to what they were saying. And you've just got this, this lack of lack of a, 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 a definite kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? But there doesn't seem to be a plan. That there's no overall master plan. You know, they just seem to think, oh, one minute it's this, the next minute it's this. That doesn't work. We'll do this. We'll do that. Um, and that that's quite frustrating. Um, yeah. And obviously now, as other teams have have taken over, they are able to attract the the bigger players, the better players. They can pay bigger salaries. Um, and certainly in 2007, 2008, probably up to about 2012, really, I think we were probably still one of the clubs that people wanted to join. And obviously yeah. now there's, there are five or six others that, that players will, would rather go to ahead of us. Yeah. So you, you mentioned there about the sort of inconsistency in terms of what the what the club is trying to do and what the club actually you know goes out there and, and does. And I, a, a few weeks ago, I, I talked to uh, Lee Saw Tirathep, your your striker, and he, yeah, he yeah. shared he shared with me that you know off off the camera, of course, that you know the the combination of younger and older players, Chonbri is probably right now the, the club that. Is, is doing that the most obviously because you know there are clubs that have some younger talents and bring them up but the age gap in Chonburi is just you know so you have Sintui Chai, you have Bosco Witch, you have Lisa and then you have like the, the young guns who've never really played for the, the the national team so I want to ask you this do you think this season uh, focusing on 2020 let's say the coronavirus ends football's back do you think Chunbury's method, you know, we saw it work quite well towards the end of, of, of last season. Do you think this method will be successful going forward? Possibly in the short term. I mean, it's, it's hard to see how it'll work in the long term. Um, I mean, we, we've, we've done it before with, with bringing, I mean, t someone like Turdsack, who was obviously uh, very experienced when he, he came to Chunbury. You could see the difference. He, he kind of raised the level and the other players, you could see how they improved just playing alongside him. So it definitely has its advantages. Um, what worries me is is that we seem to have rather a lot of these, um, how shall I put it, uh, more mature gentlemen in the in the squad. <laughs> um, <laughs> and unless there is some long, I mean, you know, if it's a case of retaining them as, as on the coaching staff like we've done with Peapop, then there may be some something to gain from it. Um, but at the moment, it's, it's just hard to see how it will help in the long run. Um, that's, that's the issue I have with it. Um, I mean, like I said, I don't have any problem with, with signing older, experienced players. You know, it, it can benefit the team. 
and it can benefit the youngsters, but th there has to be some sort of plan. And I'm not, as a fan, I'm not really getting that. I, I'm not seeing that there is any any plan. Um, it just seems to be, oh, we've said we're going to rely on the youth. We actually did that and we ended up struggling. So now we're just going to bring in as many old pros as we can as a short-term fix. Um, so I, I don't really know. I, I, it's, it's hard to say. And obviously now with the, the current situation and there's been such a long gap um, between the, the, the most recent game and whenever the next game is going to be, I mean, who knows? Um, I mean, one of, one of the pleasing things is, is that the, they seem to have said, they've come out and said, I saw reported today or yesterday that, you know, they would maintain the same squad. They were going to stay loyal to those those players because obviously they took the pay cut, um, which I, which is something that I think, you know, as a club, it's, it's something to be proud of. Let's move on to the hot take segment. So if you've been listening to my podcast, this is a segment where, you know, I just throw out off script questions that you don't know about and I basically made up on the spot. So we'll go with three quick ones and hopefully this can uh, get some, I can get some hot takes from you. So the first one, okay. obviously Chonburi FC, you have two massive, massive club legends, Tersak Jaiman, people on more. If they go one-on-one, -on -one, let's say a small-sided game, both at their prime. So you got people banging goals, Tertzak, you know, making those through passes. At their prime, they go one-on-one. -on -one, first to score three goals, who are you taking and why? I would have to say Tertzak. Um, he's probably a better all-round player. Um, capable of scoring goals, very creative has a bit of guile. Uh, Peepop's is my favourite footballer. For me, he, he epitomises the club. I mean, he's, he's everything that, that Chambéry is, is built upon, in my opinion. That kind of spirit that he always showed. The fact that he's loyal, um, obviously scored goals, still very popular, very, very humble man, uh, really nice guy. Absolute pleasure to know him. Um, but I think in a one-on-one -on -one situation, I'd, I'd have to back third sack, I think. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Second question. So Chunburi FC, obviously you've supported them back, um, way, way back. They've had a few kit designs. So there was the FBT days, and nowadays, of course, the Nike days. If you had to pick one, which type of design do you like more? Do you like the Nike version that you know we've been saying in the past decade or would you go back to FBT and that classic design my favorite shirt is the 2013 Nike one which is the the plain blue double blue stripes with the collar I love that shirt it's, it's a classic design you can't go wrong with that second would probably be the 2007 kit again two shades of blue stripes uh pressed i'd rather go back to fbt i think the fbt kits were were great i've got a lot of uh i think uh, as well a lot of fond memories of, of matches wearing those kits and obviously trophies won um and it, i think it's nice to support the local economy as well with it being a local local company it's nice to be associated with them and they're a lot cheaper as well 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, there's been a lot of criticism uh, from fans about Nike kits in Thailand and how you know they're almost like template kits. They are pretty much template kits. That's you know yeah. that it's a very simple design. Other clubs in other places in the world have the same design, and you know I think Thai fans want something more unique. And I feel like FBT, Grand Sport, Warwick's now provide that Thai element in in a jersey. I feel like. I, I totally agree with you. Absolutely. Um, right. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go back to FBT in a heartbeat, without a <laughs> doubt. I think, I think for me, the, the Nike deal hasn't really worked. It, it was, I think they, they were kind of seduced by the, the name. Um, obviously, the, the, there, are, there are stories which I'm not going to repeat here about how the deal came about. Um, but yeah, I'd... I'd Maybe, uh, even, maybe even, even though, talk about that. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, I, I could tell you a very funny story about the first Nike kit we had. Um, oh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, allegedly, and I, I use that word advisedly, allegedly, the deal was signed, and you were on about template kits, the, the deal, the original deal was signed too late for the club to have any input in the, the design of the shirt. Um, so the general manager had to go to the warehouse. He was taken to a big Nike warehouse. Uh, I've had this from a very good source, so I'm, I'm willing to believe it. And he was basically just shown into this thing. They just said, choose. And if you remember, the, the first Nike kit we had was, was quite, it was, it was blue. It was two shades of blue um, after a fashion, not particularly a nice kit but that was that was the reason we had it is because there wasn't anything else i think subsequently obviously we, we've had we've had more input into the design and the colors of the shirts i mean the the shark but, fins on on the recent years awake it looks nice on the on the side of the the jerseys yeah 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 there's been one or two nice i'm you know there's been one or two nice nike kits and like i said my, my favorite is and I'm on record of uh, on, my, on my site. I've, I voted for this one. Was the 2013 one? If we could have something like that with FBT, I think I'd, I'd be very happy. For sure. <laughs> Final question before I let you go. This past year, of course, Chiang Rai won their first ever Thai League title. So I want to ask you, Dale, will we see a newly crowned Thai League champion or? Do you think before we do, we will see Chunbri win the Thai League again? Which will come first and why? I think you'll see a, another new champion before we win it again. It's, it's, it's hard to see us winning the title again in the, very, in the near future. Um, unless, unless there's a drastic change. I mean, the best we can hope for really is is decent cup runs, and we've we've had a couple of those in the past past few years. But yeah, I, th I think I think we'll see another new name on on the trophy before. In fact, we'll probably see a few more new names on the trophy before before <laughs> win it again. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry to end on a low, but thank you so much, Dale, for joining me here today for this podcast. I hope you're well in England and. 
when the Thai League season's back, hopefully you can be here. I'll for sure. Chonburi is one of the destinations I would love to go visit and watch a game there. Hopefully, I see you in person and we can enjoy Chonburi FC together. That's great. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And yeah, hopefully I'll I will get to a few games this season. But at, obviously at the moment it's you know out of out of all of our hands really. Again, we're on the track.